the Askell Leadership Podcast. Hello there, it's Jeff Barton. Here's our podcast from Northern Ireland, where Evelyn Ford, our Askell UK president, and I have been visiting some schools, working with executive, listening to members. We've got our highest membership ever in Northern Ireland. But also at a time of a funding crisis, hearing about that and a very complicated education system and the optimism of our members who focus on not just exams, but well-being, mental health of young people, developing their leadership, their rounded education. All of that, I think, shines through. Hope you enjoy it. My name is Eric Thompson. I'm principal of Glenrola Collegiate Girls School in Bangor, Northern Ireland. And just in a, in a nutshell, remind us what this school is, how many young people, etc. Uh, we are uh, a grammar school uh, and we have over a thousand pupils uh, in the school at the moment, ranging from age 12 up to 18. So the interesting thing is here we are in a selective school, an academic school. We're in a room which is being used for something quite unexpected. Tell us wh- where we are. Yes, we're, we're in the wellness centre. Uh, we are very fortunate to have the space in the school to have set aside a number of rooms uh, for specific well-being sort of related purposes. So we have relaxation room, we have uh, a well-being room and various spaces which we're standing in now. Uh, and we decided to put this area together strategically over a period of years because we could see that the nature of pastoral need in pupils was changing and was increasing. Um, and this is really our attempt as a school to provide something just beyond the direct day-to-day pastoral support but to try and establish well-being culture in the school. And you were fortunate that you had a space where you could do that, but you also had an insight, didn't you, from a visit to Helsinki. What, what was it you saw there? Yes, we, when we were in uh, Helsinki, it was an Erasmus trip, uh, 2019, Uh, First of all, we were really struck by the balance that they seemed to have within schools there between the the pastoral and the academic. Um, And uh, very, very impressed by that. Much less industrialised approach to education than we seem to have here. Uh, And also we visited uh, a a Helsinki version of W5. That will mean something to Northern Irish people. Uh, Just for for those of us, it doesn't mean much to. A kind of a a science park, let's call it that, a science centre. Uh, and they had some really amazing sensory spaces in there, which incredibly relaxing. Uh, and we brought back some of those ideas. They've helped us to shape the well-being spaces that we've created here. Fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, my name's Heather Law, and I'm head of pastoral care in Glenola Collegiate School. And how long have you been here, Heather? This is my 13th year. Yeah. And what we were talking about earlier is the way in which the pressures on young people... Um, chiefly because of social media and technology, I suppose, have changed so much. And what, what have you noticed in your time? Um, I do think there's definitely um, a lot of influence from social media. I think um, it's, it's difficult for girls. I'm talking girls because obviously we're a girls' school. Um, there's a lot of pressure on, on teenagers and they can also access a lot of information that probably some of it isn't appropriate for their age. And you were saying you think that probably COVID has meant more of that happening, hasn't it? I feel that, um, and I'm a parent myself, but I feel that um, teenagers maybe have had, because of COVID and because of lockdown, have had more access and earlier access than they would normally have. So, for example, primary, teacher, primary pupils may have had access to phones and devices earlier than their parents would have normally allowed. But um, obviously it's, it's pressures on everyone because the parents were quite often out at work or uh, you know, the, we had to fill the days and the, the, they were, the pupils were, the, the children were in, in the house all day long. So 
So does that mean we're seeing more examples of anxiety and, and this? I mean, we use this catch-all phrase, mental health, which can mean really extreme things. And basically, I'm feeling anxious. There's a kind of continuum there. Do, do, is, is that one of the ways that all of the social media stuff and the inescapability of, say, bullying, etc., because it can now happen online, is that one of the ways it is now showing itself up through mental health? I feel it is, and, and what I've seen is, I think, our children who would have, say, anxiety or um, would say that mental health issues um, are getting younger. We've seen it you know, younger than we would have seen in the past, pre-COVID. And what do you think of the challenges for being a parent in the 21st century because of course we most of us as parents certainly my age we're not digital natives we are bringing up digital natives aren't we Mm -hmm. it's very difficult and i think part of the problem is actually controlling how much access they have taking the devices off even things like taking the devices taking phones off children at night teenagers at night so they get a good night's sleep because sleep has such an, an impact on Deprava- sleep deprivation has such an impact on mental health and if the devices aren't being taken off by children off children early enough in the evening where they can relax and get a good night's sleep that in itself is going to cause problems just finally just a reflection from me this is an academic school so the girls come here because they've taken a, a test and clearly we're in exams week at the moment real emphasis on the academic and yet there's an emphasis on the other stuff as well and you're in charge of pastoral work just looked at the well-being central wellness, wellness center, center. Yeah, yeah, wellness yeah. Center. Um, and this big emphasis on pastoral care that clearly is in the dna of the school absolutely um, i feel what, one of the things in my role i've tried to do in pastoral care is be more proactive rather than reactive and to try and encourage pupils to spend time relaxing we've got a wellness center we've put a lot of effort and a lot of money into our wellness center and we're very proud of it but to try and um just try and show them we're doing mindfulness for example with all our junior school pupils at the minute the mm. forum tutors have all been trained up on mindfulness and we're doing that with our, our junior school pupils at the minute we hope to bring it into the wellness centre as well so yeah there is a big emphasis but if a child isn't happy then they are going to find it very hard to concentrate um, and the academic side of things probably will slip if they're not happy or if there's things going on that obviously as a school we could be helping them with I'm Claire Foster and I am the principal of Strangford Integrated College. Now there will be people listening to this who are saying, I don't know where Strangford is and I don't know what an integrated college is, so put, put those to rest for us. So Strangford is um, just outside Newton Ards uh, in North Down in Northern Ireland um, and uh, as an integrated college um, we are an all ability college so we welcome uh, young people from uh, all abilities into our school and we also welcome uh, children and young people from uh, all different religious traditions and backgrounds and none to come together in an atmosphere of mutual respect and regard for each other to learn um, about each other and from each other uh, to celebrate difference and um, the, the, the uniqueness um, of each individual uh, member of our school community. And that's just been exemplified, hasn't it, by a group of young people who've come to talk very confidently and have been able to demonstrate in their view what an integrated school means. The background to it goes back, doesn't it? I mean, the school's just celebrated 25 years, if I remember correctly. Just tell us about wh- where did the whole notion of integrated schools come from? Uh, the first integrated school uh, was Lagan College uh, in Belfast. So Lagan College celebrated its 40th birthday last year. So Lagan College, 41 years uh, old this year. Um, and on the back of that, then um, 
a number of, of uh, other integrated colleges um, springing up um, throughout Northern Ireland. Um, integrated schools um, were uh, started by parents, by those parents who um, believed that uh, there's an opportunity for um, their children to um, be educated um, across the religious divide and um, to, to learn about each other, to learn from each other, to ultimately build um, a, a more um, cohesive and um, better society um, for us in Northern Ireland. I mean, it's quite a bold move, isn't it? Because, you know, politicians make decisions about things, but this was a group of parents who were saying, actually, we want something different in our community. And it wasn't just that they then, if I understand correctly, lobbied the politicians. They actually found the money to get the school built. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, right from, from the start, um, a group of, of um, uh, passionate parents who believed and had a vision um, in, a, in a better Northern Ireland and, and, and a better um, society coming together, funding um, the schools themselves. I mean, beginning um, no desks, um, building, um, uh, putting together furniture for classrooms, cleaning schools, um, providing food uh, um, uh, within the school environment, doing all of those things that other schools take for granted will be provided by Education Authority, Department of Education. I mean, uh, parents coming together and providing all of that themselves. Um, teachers from those early days um, believing in that vision and um, given their, their, their career, not knowing whether there was going to be money to pay salaries at the end of the month. Mm. So really, um, as principal of an integrated college now, I feel very humbled when I look back um, to those early um, pioneers of integrated education um, who, who really took risks um, to, to bring um, the thriving integrated community that, that we've grown to be today. And just one final point, if we could, Claire, and that is, this is an all-ability school, very proudly an all-ability school, and it seems to me that allows you to do two things which, are, to my mind, are distinctive here. One is the curriculum you offer, and the range of curriculum, um, and the second thing is a school council which feels, from you know, my visit, isn't a tokenistic one, it genuinely is about debate about what are the things that matter in our school. How, how would you characterise the, the all-ability um, advantages? Yeah. The all-ability nature of our school is, is so important to um, our integrated ethos. We celebrate children of, of um, uh, all abilities and we provide uh, a curriculum for all. Um, for us, that looks like a, a blended curriculum where we have the traditional academic subjects at both GCSE and A-level on offer for our young people. We also have the, the, the vocational subjects, um, the, the BTEC um, subjects um, on the curriculum. And it's, um, it's fantastic to see young people who can take a blend and a mix of those subjects. For instance, a young person who wants to go on and study engineering at, at university can take an A-level in maths, an A-level in physics, but also take a B-Tech in engineering alongside that to develop uh, the practical skills and, and the knowledge around that. So the curriculum development around the all-ability nature um, has, has, has definitely um, grown and, and is a unique selling point um, of, of our college. Claire Foster, thank you very much. Thank you, Jo. Uh, Leah McBride and Vice Principal of Strangford College. Uh, Leah, one of your responsibilities has been religious education. Um, 
And I, I guess from what we just heard about from Claire, where she talks about the values and ethos of an integrated college, people might assume, therefore, uh, religious education is less important because people haven't chosen the school because of that. You would say that's wrong. Yeah, I suppose for me, I would say that integrated education and RS sit hand in hand together. And for me, a very key part of being part of an integrated school is that we do have religion at, at the core. Um, the school is built upon Christian values, but that doesn't mean that we don't explore other religions' values as well. And we'd be very conscious of that when we're planning even things like our assembly rota for the year to look at other festivals and um, that we can you know, make sure that we celebrate and make students aware of. Northern Ireland has become much more diverse, um, particularly over the last 10 years. And as part of that as an integrated school, we have to make sure we're embracing that diversity. So religion in an integrated school is not put to the side. It's very much at the core. Um, and students would be reminded of that continually. And alongside religious education, then we would also look at things like rights respect in school and try and link how religion and rights respect and language and rights and responsibilities sit alongside those things as well. Um, and particularly having looked at um, religious education and student voice on that as well, particularly looking at how diverse community has become and how probably less religious society is. We've given students the opportunity then to decide what GCSE courses and A-level courses sit best with them. Um, what strikes me about that is that you, you, you don't shy away at all from some of the big ethical issues, but the way they are approached is as big ethical issues, euthanasia, for example, and then reflecting on what different faiths might bring in terms of their perspective on it. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. So whenever we're teaching any ethical issue or any issue within RS, we'll always look at it from a Christian point of view. And even within Northern Ireland, there's sometimes different denominational point of view because Northern Ireland has quite a number of different denominations, even within the Protestant faith here. Um, we'll also look at it from a humanist point of view, a secular point of view, agnostic, atheist, and then other world faith points of view as well. And it's really to give the students the full breadth, the full range of what people might think about this. And we're not asking them to ever make a decision on that. Sometimes they're inquisitive to know maybe what you think on an issue. And often we would share that with the students as well, if we felt it was appropriate. Okay, I'm Graham Montgomery, Headmaster of the Royal School in Armagh and the President of ASCAL NI. And just tell us a little bit about the Royal School, first of all. Uh, Royal School is a co-educational day and boarding school. Uh, it's the oldest school in Northern Ireland, founded by order of King James I in 1608. And it's an HMC school. Yeah, I'm a member of the HMC, which is quite important for us just in terms of international reach with the boarding department. And your ASCAL uh, Northern Ireland president as well. We've got a conference going on today. Just tell us about this theme of connected leadership and what the idea is behind that. When we were looking for a theme for this year, uh, we thought the uh, just how important connectivity is, connectivity one to another, uh, connectivity with, with partners in providing education with other stakeholders, but also uh, connecting young people with their learning, because crucially, if we're not collect connecting young people with their learning, then we're really not doing a good day's work. Absolutely that. And uh, we're doing this on a day when you've been on the radio this morning talking uh, less optimistically, it must be said. What's, what's the announcement which, uh, which has been made? Well, we, we had a very worrying announcement yesterday. The Secretary of State for Northern Ireland has uh, delivered a budget to the executive departments in Northern Ireland. And part of the message of that was that we need to reduce spending by about £330 million. Uh, education is going to uh, be identified as a key area for finding savings. And that potentially will be devastating for schools in Northern Ireland. We already have the least 
education funding per pupil of any region or any constituent nation of the United Kingdom. So to now withdraw more money from that is going to have a crippling effect in schools, but a devastating impact on what we can provide for children and young people. Well, just from my perspective, back in Northern Ireland, meeting your executive visiting schools, despite all of that, the, the, the optimism and also that sense of principled leadership that you exude, the executive exudes, and this is on display today. I, I couldn't be prouder to be here, so thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you very much for your time. The Ask Leadership Podcast.